What's going on, everybody? This is uh, yours truly, uh, Connor, also known as OK Fabe here, and welcome to episode number two of the World of Fandom podcast. Uh, this is, of course, the podcast where you get to hear all the fun, geekiness, dorkiness, and everything in between. Uh, of course, I'm not uh, by myself. I am joined with my brother from another mother. You know him as Andrew Cutter. I know him as Andrew Cutter. Andrew, how's it going? I am living the dream. How are you doing, Connor? I can't complain. I think we're both just, like, exhausted. I mean, recording this at, uh, you know, the witching hour of, like, 10.30 doesn't usually help either. No, not at all. But, you know, unfortunately with kids, that's usually the best time to do things. Yep, no question. No, no doubt about that. And it's funny how, like, when we were, like, in our, young, in our youth, like, 10.30 is, like, the party's getting started. And by party getting started, I mean, like, let's pop open the GameCube and let's play games until, like, 3 a.m. Nothing, nothing better than playing a little melee and then popping a raw versus SmackDown afterwards. That's good times. Wait, wasn't it Day of Reckoning for the GameCube? Yes, but I have to say the best game on the GameCube was WrestleMania 19 for wrestling. Yeah. That's just my opinion. But, you know, it is what it is. It had the best storyline, too. Your mission was to sabotage WrestleMania by killing people. Isn't that the one where you made the ridiculous characters like New Souls? New Souls, yes. <laughs> That's what he made us do. <laughs> so, um, uh, before we get into this, unfortunately, uh, you know, timing-wise, Sammy was not able to join us this week. Hopefully, we'll get him in on the uh, next week's episode, so you're graced with me and Andrew just being absolute dorks in this one. And uh, mm -hmm. we, we gotta... Alright, I gotta talk about this one real quick, just before we get into the deep topic. Um, yeah. Andrew, okay, wh how did the Noosles thing came about? And for those who don't know, in, in most wrestling games, at least the time that we started getting into gaming and stuff, you could create your own wrestler. It's not a shocker, you know, that you can create your own. Andrew, um, Andrew's creativity truly shined in, in, in these games because he just made, like... Man, I wish you could find, like, the save, like, the save, like, the memory cards. Of the I still have it. <gasps> I do. I have all the memory cards of all the characters still. Okay, that needs to, we, we need to, to reset. But how did you make these characters? Like, what the hell? So, I'm going to say something that's going to thoroughly disappoint you. Every character was created by me, with the exception of Noosles. Noosles was actually not my creation. Noosles was created by an old school friend of mine, who also did karate with me a long time ago. Uh, he stopped before, uh, before high school. But uh, my friend James created Noosles. And I just didn't know where he was going for it. He gave this masculine jack guy that wore like just a speedo, a cape, and had like a nose like a, 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 a bird. However, like with anyone that gets some beautiful action figure, I had to do some customizing on it. So I took Noosles, I gave him the Michael Jackson glove, and that sword that was positioned oh so sus suspectly in the right place, that was all me. That's right, because you could place like weapons to just be free floating on them, and of course you did it right in the crotch. That's the best. That was the best. Massive catastrophe. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, unfortunately, Noosel's was not mine. But you did create like a lot of characters that were Noosel-esque. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I forget most of them. The only one I remember was the one Anthony played with a lot. It was like Floppy Omega. <laughs> I don't know if you remember him. Yes. Floppy Omega, and then there was, uh, and then he had like an evil version with like. Oh, I forget what that evil version was, but whatever. We we have a ton of them. I, I'll, next time we hang out, which will be at whatever wrestling pay per view we decide to watch, I'll bring my game. Actually, shit, I don't have the GameCube, but I still have the Wii, so that we can play GameCube. I'll bring over the memory cards, 
and we'll bust out Day of Reckoning, we'll bust out WrestleMania 19, we'll bust out WrestleMania 18. If you want to, I'll bust out the best games, WrestleMania 2000, and mm. WWE No Mercy, because I saw mm. those two. Good stuff. I, I love everything about that. Oh, and if you guys haven't had a chance to, uh, you know, experience the, uh, you know, World of Fandom podcast before, make sure you guys check out our previous episode where I stirred the pot, so to speak, with uh, Andrew and Sammy about um, about Batman. I, I kind of knew what I was doing on that one, but you guys have to listen to it for yourself if you want to hear uh, Sammy and Andrew get completely uh, revved up. But um, before we go into the actual subject that I want to throw out today, you said you had a little something something for us at the beginning that, I mean, Newsel's memories was fantastic alone, but you said you got something for us? Yeah, you know what I was thinking is that I'm going to give you some, um, you know, maybe every podcast, maybe not every podcast, but I'm going to give you some hot takes. Okay. Some quick little nuggets of information or, or stuff that's going on that maybe fall into our sphere of enjoyment that maybe the fans out there would probably want to hear. So I got a couple of hot takes I want to throw out to everyone tonight. Are you ready? Fire away. Okay. First hot take. Connor, do you like crying? Because <laughs> <laughs> I love a good cry every once in a while. I'm a fully masculine 100% in touch with himself kind of guy, but I need a good good tearjerker every once in a while, right? So, if you like crying, people, this is your opportunity. If there was anyone out there that is a fan of the new Digi of Digimon in general, right? Back from season one onward, right? Uh -huh. The new Digimon movie, Digimon Last Evolution, which uses the original cast, is coming out in America soon. It's been out in Japan. It's been pretty hard to get it distributed to the U.S., because of COVID and everything going on. But I'm telling you, Connor, even though it's probably 20 years since you've seen Agumon throw his pepper breath, you will cry and weep like a little schoolboy. It is it is a touching, fantastic film. I was able to uh, get to look at most of it. Uh, I will get the official release when it comes out, as which I think everyone should, but it is a fantastic film. It's definitely worth watching. And like I said, it will make you cry. As a grown man, I just love the setup to the, to that to that. Just do you like, do you like crying? <laughs> <laughs> do you like weeping and being sad? No, but in general, and and I won't go too much into it. But the the big thing about it and the about the theme of this, because I don't know if you watched Digimon Adventure Try, did you? Uh, no, I did not see the no. new one. No. So Digimon Adventure Try was like a five six movie series that followed the original kids. And it had a bunch of different themes. The theme for this movie is growing up and having to basically oh, put geez. your childhood away. So saying goodbye to your childhood. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's hot take. Yep, that's a tearjerker. That's hot take number one. <laughs> God. I got a couple of them. Hot take number two. Con, do you have a Switch? I've got. Yes, I do. So there's a fantastic game that was released in 2013 that was on the Xbox and the PlayStation that has just been re-released for all three systems, including the Switch. It's a really awkward and unique game done by Atlas Catherine, which is now being released on the Switch. It's called Catherine Full Body. Have you heard of this game? No, I have not. Okay. Give you a quick one-minute pitch. Catherine is a game that has two gameplay sections to it. It has a relationship dating simulator section, okay. and it has a puzzle section. The basic story is, is that you play a guy who has a girlfriend called Catherine with a K. Okay, and he wakes up one day and he believes he cheated on her with a girl named Catherine with a C. 
and then you have to go through this gameplay. And at the end of each night that you do these missions and these puzzles, it's tower puzzles, you have to make a decision on which Catherine you're leaning more towards to. There's a total of nine endings, right? And then with the remake, get this, Freddy, with the remake, they introduce another Catherine with a Q. <laughs> what? <laughs> but I'm telling you, this game is fantastic. Whether you like dating simulators or puzzle games or not, it's a really good game. It's a well-done game. Dialogue and voice acting is fantastic whether it's for the Japanese version or the American versions. And the game itself is as long as you want it to be. You can go through one storyline and go through one ending and spend five hours, or you can bust through the whole game, do all the endings, or do the online, and put as much time in you. It, it's a fantastic game, and I, it's one of my recommendations. Catherine, full body. With a Q. <laughs> one of those with a Q. <laughs> is the Q silent? I, I, no. What her <laughs> when she meets him is is messed up. I just love how you're her like back. fumbling over this. Well, the thing is, is like the new Catherine that was introduced. She's not a main character, but the way that they introduce her and what they do with the character is really good. But it also gets a little trippy at the end because there's sci-fi and there's magic in this game too. But listen, pick it up. You will not, you will not regret it one bit. So that's hot take number two. <laughs> I'm throwing out these hot takes, right? Uh, okay. Connor, do you like <laughs> <clears throat> Do you like debt to income ratio? Well <laughs> Okay, Connor, do you like feeling like a child? Do you like nostalgia? <laughs> yes. Okay, well I have something for you. Prison break uh, is back on DVD. <laughs> Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, as you guys may or may not know, I'm a massive Pokemon fan. But I'm mostly a Pokemon fan for the video games and also the cards. But I think you, me, Connor, everyone all grew up with the original Pokemon anime. Hell yeah. It was fucking, it was glorious, right? But eventually it got too long, it got silly, and we all grown up and we probably don't watch anymore. What I will recommend to you, if you are a anyone over the age of 20... The newest anime that is exclusively out on Netflix, Pokemon Journeys, is actually really good. Hmm. It's a great thing to sit down and watch with the kids. It acknowledges all the continuity from previous Pokemon without having it being dampered by it. And it's, it's just a fun ride. So this is a small hot take. So this is more like a new Guam hot take. But Pokemon Journeys, I definitely recommend it. I'm nice. almost done, Connor. I got a couple more hot takes. What, do you got like 20 of them? I, I have I have two more. I, I okay. could have more. Okay, okay. I have two more. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Ready? Yes. You'll like this, these ones. Okay. Next, AEW. Right? I'll bring a little wrestling into this. Mm -hmm. The new AEW figures are coming out. They are, I believe they're Walmart exclusive. I could be wrong on this. Everyone, if you get an opportunity to pick these figures up, not only are they gorgeous, not only nice collectibles, but these things are going in the, the speculated market is ridiculous. A Chris Jericho AEW figure online right now is going for about $120. Whoa. Obscene. So if you're able to find these figures, I think they're Walmart or Target exclusives. I'm not exactly sure. Actually, I've been hunting them with, with our boy John. Uh, we've been unsuccessful. Instead, we found a Razor Ramon figure, which he was happy about. But <laughs> if you guys are able to find these AEW figures and you are a figure fan, pick them up. It doesn't look like they're going to be that... Uh, readily available at least in the next few months going into December, going into the new year. And they are sweet figures. I don't, uh, Connor, I don't know if you collect wrestling figures. I know you you, you mm -hmm. eat, sleep, and drink wrestling, but uh, 
they're pretty on point. Great amount of articulation, detailed yeah. on point. I, I, I've been, so what interested me about, without going too much into this, with AEW was the merchandising and the licensing because you know, it's one thing to start a company, it's another to kind of like go into like the spectrums that WWE does. And uh, <clears throat> that and the video game. There's a rumor that they're working on a video game right now, which I'm very curious to see what they're going to do with that. Uh, but yeah, the figures I've seen, I've seen the demonstration at Toy Expos and Toy Fairs, they are very, very well done. Yeah. I'm tempted to do a Chris Jericho one, just because I'm mean, his Chris Jericho. I haven't been watching wrestling regularly lately, but they're just gorgeous-looking figures. Amen. <laughs> and the last hot take, and it will be a last figure hot take, all those people out there that love collecting figures, um, just now, there was a delay, but the new Mayfex Batman Hush figure is out. I'm going to do a quick little fanboyishness. Batman Hush is my favorite Batman, uh, favorite Batman story. Art done by the legendary Jim Lee. All you have to do is type in Jim Lee, and you're going to absolutely go crazy over how great his art is. Uh, these figures were delayed because of COVID, unfortunately, by two months. We're just getting them in. Same thing with AEW. Uh, these uh, figures are getting jacked up on prices. The typical normal Mayfex figure, the Batman one in, in, in general, mm -hmm. goes for anywhere between $80 to $90. It's a lot of money, but you get high points of articulation, beautiful sculpts and mold. There's like five wires in the cape for Batman. It's just a fantastic figure. Look it up online. But and then the Mayfex figures are great. They are now being going out for two hundred to two hundred fifty dollars on the back uh, back end market. So eBay, Amazon, Amazon Japan. So obviously the Batman one's going to be hard to get by. But a little fun, fun, fun little fact for you guys: there is going to be a black and gray variant of this figure instead of blue and gray. You know how they kind of switch out Batman's colors? Right. Yep. That figure is still getting pre-ordered for seventy dollars. In addition to the Superman, the Catwoman, and the Jason Todd figure or the Hutch figure, those are still available at eighty dollars. So, if you want some high-quality figures, you have some money hanging around. I recommend getting these because I'm telling you this, Connor. Again, you're not a big figure uh, person, but this is the definitive Batman figure of my life. Well, I can, I can, I'm a good, I'm a good appreciator uh, of, of figure collecting because I've seen so many, I mean, it's <clears throat> the quality of like action figures in general have improved so much since we've been kids, you know, and it's, it's, it is crazy to see like the level of detail they put into stuff. So, uh, good stuff. Maybe Andrew's hot take should be a regular thing. <laughs> yeah, it could be a dangerous thing, but I enjoy it. So just, just those keep, are my hot takes. Just keep it under 10. As long as, uh, and don't leave and don't leave the very first one you've ever done with do you like to cry do you like maybe every single first one I should do something ridiculous Connor do you like um, do you like to have your arm chucked off well, let me tell you something <laughs> I got something great for you um, we got a, a sale on gloves only need one yes exactly <laughs> so I was trying to wrap my head around you know, it's funny we, we kind of you know for right now as far as the infancy of the show we don't really um, we don't really <clears throat> plan it out too much and we kind of like are doing a lot of like you know winging things and and kind of spur of the moment in terms of uh, you know our discussion of topics so I figured with just me and Andrew I figured this would be a great opportunity to, to discuss our love of Dragon Ball oh ooh, baby girl Good, that is good. Before we go into that, just to jump off what you just said, I want everyone to... Before, no, no, here's a, here's a cold take. No, listen, everyone out there, um, Connor's right, right? We're, we're kind of getting our fitting on this podcast. I think a lot of things outside of the podcast are so been affected. Um, 
there's been a lot of personal stuff that everyone has been going through. Recently, I just had my kids both go to the ER. I'm not laughing. Like, it it was a thing. And Sammy's got his own stuff going on right now, but Sammy will be available, I'm sure, with the next thing. And in addition to that, Connor and I are both going on vacation. Not together, although that would be epic. Um, so, obviously, there's some real-life stuff that gets in the way, but I think we're definitely going to find our footing. And, I mean, I have fun doing this. I'm sure Connor has fun doing this. So yeah. does Sammy. So, so, yeah. But, yeah, Dragon Ball. Let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Dragon Ball. So um, the reason I brought this up was because um, I think Andrew is a fan of this, the Death Battle series on YouTube, which uh, they, they do wonderful stuff. If you haven't checked out their stuff, cheap, shameless plug. Uh, it's a extension of Rooster Teeth, uh, which is, you know, a, an entertainment company. They were very famous for the Red versus Blue series, which, by the way, I watched recently, still holds up. But anyway, <clears throat> it's a... Death Battle is a simulated animation fantasy matchup where they pit two characters from do, from two fictional worlds against each other. They usually have some sort of common theme or common uh, you know similarity amongst them, and they've done like you know Doctor Doom versus Darth Vader. They've done um, they did Ryu, Link yeah. versus Cloud, Charizard versus War Greymon, Goku versus yeah. Superman. Yeah, they've done uh, uh, Voltron exactly. versus Megazord. There's been uh, so many great ones, and so recently they just did. Sailor Galaxia, which I've never even heard of. Apparently, it's a Sailor Moon goddess of destruction, versus Beerus from Dragon Ball Super. Or, dude, do not tell me what happened because I haven't watched it yet. I usually keep up to date with all of them. I haven't watched that one yet. No, don't worry. I won't. I won't, I won't spoil anything. I, I will say I was. I, it was very good. It was very good. It, it, it was the, the thing for me for those show for the death battles is that I like it when I I have to like I'm I'm literally flip flopping as I'm watching the the fight and this definitely happened. Um, so I'm just saying it was good. I won't spoil it. But anyway, so it made me thinking about like you know it, it is kind of an interesting con uh, situation because when it came to Dragon Ball fandom. Uh, with me and Andrew, and again, we've, we've been childhood friends, I was the one in high school <clears throat> that was obsessed with Dragon Ball, and so now the tables kind of flipped a little bit because Andrew got super hardcore into it, um, <clears throat> even so much so that I am uh, Uncle Trunks. <laughs> yes. Connor is my the godfather to my eldest son, and his name is God Uncle Trunks. Back in high school, I told him, hey, you're going to be called Uncle Trunks no matter what. But then when I asked him to become Godfather, I said, you're going to be Super Saiyan Godfather Trunks. So, Good stuff. I mean, you can't, you can't ask for anything better. Should we, uh, should we do a quick, like, 30-second take on what we know and our experience with Dragon Ball and our history before going into it? I mean, yeah, because I wanted to bring up DBZ Dice. Okay, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I don't mind going first. So basically, when it comes to um, when it comes to Dragon Ball, you know, I kind of got into it through Toonami. Um, Toonami was a, and I'm sure a lot of you guys probably know what Toonami is, but in case you don't, Toonami was an awesome two-hour block right around like three o'clock in the afternoon, three to three around three three or four p.m. in the afternoon, right after you get out of school, and it would show like. A lot of like great like uh, animation and Japanese animation shows that were kind of like breaking into the states. Dragon Ball had just tipped its 
toe into like the states and this is kind of like a major platform in fact i'm pretty sure that was the way that dragon ball got exposed to a lot of people and it was like i think their number one programming for a long time same with dragon ball and dragon ball gt eventually down the road but that's how i got into it and it was super like just the the interesting characters the worlds uh you know the the, the concept about everything it was very uh different and unique and of course the fighting i mean someone with add it's it's like cocaine to me so it's like you know it's just friggin' insane so um you know i i grew up watching it loving it um trunks obviously was you know my favorite character but i think now getting older i i think it's vegeta i think you know i, I mean listen listen trunks will always have and i think the reason i like trunks so much was just because of how unique he was he's a freaking time traveling super saiyan with a sword that's just, it sounds badass when you explain it that way, um, if you didn't have any daddy issues. But, um, but, <clears throat> but, um, but, you know, I grew into it. Obviously, GT came out, uh, and then, you know, just kind of, you know, trickled off, and then there was still fandom. And then Super came out, or rather, Battle of Gods came out, then Resurrection F, and then Super, and then every, you know, everything else followed suit with that. And it's not that I didn't enjoy that stuff, we'll talk about that in a minute, but it was just kind of, you know, not obviously my primary interest as I was still into wrestling. Um, yeah. But with Andrew, it was a little bit of flip the script. So when did you get into it? And I, I'm curious, because I don't think we ever talked about this. No, I don't think we have. Um, so, uh, you guys, okay, something people need to know about me. Unfortunately... I didn't have cable until, God, I was dating Christine, so, my wife, so it must have been, I, I, I started dating her when I was 19, that's when we got cable, so if I ever wanted to watch something on cable, like Raw or anything, I'd have to go over your house or someone else's house, right? So, when Dragon Ball first came out, I was a kid, right, I watched a little bit of the original first series, I think up to the Pilaf saga ended, and then, um, I kind of, for whatever reason, I just couldn't find it anymore, and then Dragon Ball Z came out. And when it was on public television, I only got up to the end of the Saiyan Saga. So you can imagine me, at that time, probably a nine, eight, nine-year-old kid, when it originally aired, Goku's crippled, Frigida disappears, <laughs> and, I don't know, and I don't know what happens. I'm like, that's how the, whole, the show ends? He's a paraplegic now? What, what happened? So I, for the longest time, just never followed it. I only heard it in second, like, second hand through grade school. And then when high school hit, you. <laughs> I went over your house, dude. Dude, I remember your room, right, perfectly. And I remember your little rack you had with every single VHS of every single saga. Oh, yeah. And, and while we didn't watch every episode, you you exposed me to the finer points, right? So I saw the battles with Frieza, with Cell, with Boo. And then when GT came out, I kind of kept up with it with you. Again, I didn't watch everything, but right, right, it is right. what it is. My renaissance for Dragon Ball was actually with Battle of the Gods. I watched Battle of the Gods, watched Resurrection, uh, Resurrection F, and then before this, um, maybe it was after Super came out, but when Super came out, I started watching it, and then I decided, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go back and re-watch Dragon Ball Z from beginning to so end. So happy. So happy when I hear that. And I did. I watched everything up until, I think... I, I think I did Kai for some of it because the episodes were hard to find find online, which kind of Kai sucks. Is, Kai, Kai's better, honestly. Like it is, yeah, it, it is, it is better, but it's hard to transition over from regular Dragon Ball Z to Kai. Like I'll be watching 
all the Frieza Saga regular, and then I'll go to Kai for uh, Cell, and I'll be like, oh my god, that was so short. <laughs> well, Kai Kai cut a lot of crap out, which is one of the reasons I like Kai so much. I mean, the animation's a little bit sharper, and they they but they do weed a lot of crap out, which I, I was yeah. I went back and I remember when Kai came out, and I was like, all right, let me see what what the difference is, because at first I thought it was like a different show, and then they're like, oh, it's basically just you know the Saiyan through Cell redubbed. I'm like, all right. So I, I, when I checked it out, I was like, oh, they've they've enhanced certain you know. The, the animated quality has de definitely improved since the original. <clears throat> but I noticed, I'm like, oh, they got rid of that. They got rid of this. They got rid of the episode where Goku decides to go after a Dragon Ball that General Tao had, and he did it by defeating in these mental puzzles in less than 24 hours. Oh, okay. Little side stories that just really don't really mean anything in the grand scheme of things. So, um, yeah, I, yeah. So, anyways, long story short, I went through all of it, and it was a really good experience because I watched it when Trent was born, my first son. And what a lot of people don't realize is Dragon Ball has a really strong, for the most part, father-son message. Whether yep. it's between Goku and Gohan, Piccolo, Gohan, uh, Vegeta and Trunks. So you're saying Vegeta, Vegeta and Gohan. Vegeta and Gohan. Chi Chi and Gohan. Goten and Gohan. Mr. Popo and Gohan. Exactly. But dude, like just watching, like I remember I was holding Trent as a baby, watching the scene where Goku dies with Cell, and Gohan just screams, Daddy! And I started tearing up. But anyways, I, I watched that, and then I watched all of Super through, and watching Super was so great, because I watched it when it came out, so getting the reactions to 17 blowing himself up and coming back, them fighting Jiren, from Frieza, just being Frieza, like, it was great. And then, here we go. And then I decided, well, I went this deep, I'm going into the manga. And so far I've been reading the manga, I'm all caught up on Super with the manga, uh, I'm, I'm loving the new arc going on, the Galactus Patrol arc with um, Moro. It's just great. And uh, if I had to pick my favorite character, when I started with Dragon Ball, for the longest time it was Goku, but it's definitely Vegeta. No characters yeah. had more growth, development, and and I, I wish you read the manga, because I don't think you read it right now, but the current arc really shows why Vegeta is ultimately the better character. Um, because with character arcs, right, you have positive, negatives, and um, uh, neutral character arcs. Do you know how these work? Yes, yep. So positive is where a character believes a lie, and then they go through this character arc, and they realize the lie is a lie, and they get better. That's Vegeta, right? right. Yep. He, he believes that pride and power is the only thing that's important. Then he believes that, um, you know, it's family and, and, and being a better person. Negative is when you start off good, and then you go in the opposite direction. Goku is a neutral character arc. Google, Goku never changes. He's the same character all the way through. He's a really strong character, but he never develops, right? The world around him changes, but he never develops. So I think that's why I started leaning away from Goku and leaning more into Vegeta. So that's me. Um, I made a board game at high school based off of oh. Dragon Ball. BBC Dice. So... <sighs> So when, in high school, Yu-Gi-Oh got pretty hot um, towards the end, like towards like sophomore into into you know junior and then into senior year. Yu-Gi-Oh got pretty hot, and in <clears throat> uh, one point in Yu-Gi-Oh, there was a spin-off game where they tried to basically take the concept of the Yu-Gi-Oh game and put it into a version with dice. You know, you roll dice, you summon monsters, blah blah blah. So I said, hey, I'm gonna use that, and I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and make a Dragon Ball version of it. 
it caught on pretty wild. Uh, it actually got very popular to the point where I would bring the game and we would play it at every single break, and then I brought it over to your place. And I, you know what? I never actually got your reaction to that because what did you think about when I first presented that to you? I liked it a lot. I thought it was really fun. I had only one complaint. This is stupid. I hated the art that you picked for base from Goku. I think it was like him training in the old uh, hyperbolic time chamber with uh, the the what's it called the Saiyan suit. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait! You <laughs> you were complaining about the picture I used for Goku? Yo, dude, you know why? It's because it's the worst Saiyan suit. Like Vegeta's normal Saiyan suit that he got in the Frieza saga yeah. was dope because it had the turtleneck, right? But like the one he had in the the. Uh, was it the Frieza Saga? I hate it because he just was showing his neck. I know it looks stupid, but just like well, uh, yeah, I was gonna like, say he only had the he only had that suit on during training in the hyperbolic time chamber. That's it. He yeah, did, yeah. But like of all the pictures you pick for Goku, <laughs> you pick the one where he's wearing Vegeta's clothes. You don't pick him wearing his orange and blue. I was just baffled. Dude, by it was it, like, it was two thousand three, and I had very little exactly. like. I had limited like access for bro, like a color bro, printer. Don't tell me you don't tell me you had limited access. We used to line wire all the time. Oops, I shouldn't uh, yeah, have said that's, that. <laughs> that's that's true. No, but um, but okay. Aside from that, I see. Part of me wishes that you that you, I introduced that to you when you were like. If, part of me wishes that I could introduce introduce you that game while you were like as hyped into it as you are now, and then mm -hmm. that way it would have been like, oh, we're playing this like every single day, but. <clears throat> But no, like I obviously still have like a I still have collectors. I still actually have a Trunks figure you gave me for my birthday. Um, oh, Do you still have DBZ dice? No. So what happened was, keep in mind in high school everything was made out of like paper and cardboard. In fact, hell, we used a checkerboard for the actual battle board. However, mm -hmm. um, you know, since then the internet's a great thing. I could probably remake the game a lot better with like better materials and stuff because the concept I had was the board would be like the World Martial Arts Tournament board. Like the or the, yeah. the 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 stage, and then you just move that way. And I had to refine and retune the rules a lot because people were finding ways to either not cheat but like easily manipulate the games to the point where like it became like unfair. So I had to like constantly rework and retool the rules to make it like a longer enjoyable game and an enjoyable process, and make it like not difficult to summon like the most powerful freaking warriors like on the first roll but like i had Dude, like, i had like captain like, ginyu was broken in that game i think i remember you i, th I think it was captain ginyu because he had the body change yeah so basically every the, the way without boring too many people into this the way it broke it down was that with there's six there were six classes there was saiyan there was um saiyan namekian dragon ball um kai android and alien those are the six and then um, the, the you know you, you roll to bring them on blah 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 and you can also there's like power up rolls on each dice so you can increase the power like every warrior had a minimum and a maximum attack and defense and then you you know they had special abilities Ginyu is probably one of the most powerful because you could body switch with literally anyone because you know I had to take the you know every character for the most part with some exceptions had a special skill or ability and Ginyu's was the most badass because you could have your opponent summon this like extremely powerful warrior, build him up, and then literally you just switch the card. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. that's what happened in the show, so it's like, or you know, so I mean, like, come on. But, but no, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm actually curious about this because we've we talked about Super before. We talked about Super at nauseum, and I don't, we, maybe we will have time for it this this oh, week. Oh God, I think I know where you're going. But I want to, no, no, I want to know. Your thoughts on the original Dragon Ball, not Dragon Ball oh. Z, 
oh the 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 one with Goku growing up as a kid because I've rewatched that and I think that is a much better show than people. I don't think it gets enough credit as it deserves. I think you were gonna. I thought you were gonna bring up GT, which listen, I don't. I, have I'm gonna bring up GT later. Oh. I hate you. That's <laughs> <laughs> like bringing up an ex girlfriend. Bad news. Um, original Dragon Ball. So here's the fun fact for you, Connor. I watched just up to the Pilaf saga for the regular Dragon Ball. All my exposure to regular Dragon Ball is actually through the manga. So I've read the original manga for it, um, but I never actually got past the Pilaf saga in the TV show. And that's because, and I've watched other parts of the, the sagas, uh, other parts of Dragon Ball, like here and there, like his fights with Tien and, and King Piccolo and, and Ducky Chung, which was Master Roshi. Um, but. The Pilaf saga in the anime was just so hard to like, just drag yourself through. Where in the manga, it was so much cleaner, easier. Because the manga, how can I say it? Dragon Ball, the manga was almost like kind of designed for the TV show a bit. Where the manga for the uh, Dragon Ball Z was, right? Dragon Ball Z's manga was designed for the TV show. Where the original Dragon Ball was designed to be a manga. Right? Short, episodic. Like, straight to the point. Like, no overarching story arc so much as more as just, like... And it's supposed, to, it's to, supposed to be very a very comedic show, too. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, it, it, it's hilarious. I mean, if you read the original stuff, it's really good. I don't know how the original stuff translates over to the actual well, anime. Well, I can tell but... you, because I've seen all of the actual Dragon Ball anime show. And, yeah, yeah I, I can tell... Good. No, no, no. That, that's just basically my thoughts on it. Um, I, I enjoy it. It's not my favorite Dragon Ball. Um, I think, I mean, if you put a gun to my head, probably Z is. Oh yeah, um, no, I'm the, not saying Z. Uh, no, I'm not saying the original Dragon Ball is better than Z. Z Z will blow it out of the water, no questions asked. But I think that maybe you should. I I encourage you to check out Dragon Ball because, um, you're right. Pilaf Saga drags. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like the the in the anime show. The Pilaf, the saga, I, I barely even call it a saga, but it dragged so long. Red Ribbon Army saga uh, was very interesting, especially where Goku was motivated to get the Dragon Ball after Krillin died. Um, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, that was after the fact, excuse me. Um, but <clears throat> him like exploring around the and just, just defeating an entire army um, was pretty awesome. Dude, the Piccolo, Piccolo, uh, King Piccolo Saga, though, oh my goodness. Because, you know, Dragon Ball from the first half, like, the first arc is just, it's lighthearted and goofy. Yeah, there's a couple of things here, happen here and there, but then when Krillin gets killed, it changes the tone of the entire show. And it really changes also Goku as well. Because Goku goes from being this, like, lighthearted kid um, to being, like, this, like, just, like, this angry... He's not even rageful, but just like, you know, you, you think of like the sweetest, nicest person you could think of, and you just think of like something horrible happening to them, and just watching like the transformation happen. It, it's so good. King Piccolo Saga was really fun. Some of the fights, like Tien Shinhan versus Kid Goku, holy crap. Like, they, they're, they're so good. I really encourage you, like, to watch them, even if it's just, I'll tell you, like, the, like, you know, the World Tournament Saga with, like, Roshi's training, hilarious stuff. It really makes me love Roshi that much more. Um, but when you get into Red Ribbon kind of drags, I think, a little bit, but, but when you get to King Piccolo, oh, man, buckle in. It's, it's great stuff. I really recommend, really recommend watching those. Now, one of the things that Dragon Ball did, I think, really well is that there was a very good balance with the characters in terms of, oh god, I'm going to say, 
power scaling, right? Um, <laughs> we won't go there. There's not enough time. Not enough time. No, in the no, world. no. But if you if if you look at the history of Dragon Ball, right? Dragon Ball did a very good job at it. I mean, Goku was clearly more powerful than other people, right? But I mean, you could have someone like Roshi who could, you know, beat him to prove a point that you're not always the best. And then you get with Z, and Z felt like everyone like the great thing about the Saiyan saga is it felt like. Maybe if Piccolo, Gohan, Krillin, and Tien screw Yamcha, but if all of them kind of work together, maybe, <laughs> maybe they might have a chance against Nappa and beat Nappa and make it easy for Goku, right, or something like that. Like it felt like they had some weight or importance to them. And mm-hmm. then, and then we go into Freeze and Cell, and it became more of a saying game, but it was still kind of like Goku, Vegeta, Gohan. They were kind of on the same bat- table yeah, yeah, until but- one spikes up. And then the Boo Saga throws it all away. <laughs> and I, I, I blame Super Saiyan 3 for that, because I think that's where things kind of went wrong with yeah, that film. Yeah, I agree. As badass as it is, and then Super is just a mess. Super well, is in the most amount of mess. But that's why I like Dragon Ball, is because before you even, you know, this is pre-Goku knowing he's a Saiyan, right? So, yeah, Goku is still the most powerful. Well, no, he's presumed to be like the most powerful at that point in time and they obviously he's the main focus of the entire show but when you get to king piccolo like with it with the red ribbon army saga it's comical because it's like a little kid is kicking the crap out of like the like most powerful like army in 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 the show so it's it's really comic really comical <clears throat> but when you get to king piccolo it it the tone changes so much because now things are more serious now there's more st- th- things at stake uh you know krillin and chaozu and master roshi all die like it's the first time like i think in the show that a major death of major characters um is presented and so that has a lot of gravity to it um even though dragon balls res- resolve everything but you know uh and you probably know this from the manga one of the other things that I thought was very interesting was the fact that Goku rescued you know he got the Dragon Balls got Krillin Master Roshi and Chaozu back to life but they didn't but he didn't he didn't get a chance to see them when they were revived because he went up and trained with Kami in the lookout and then he didn't see them again until he was an adult and I don't know just like some, something like something little like that um, you know just concepts of that were like really neat and again the tone changes so much that it goes from, oh, Goku can definitely beat him, to, I don't know if he can. Exactly. Exactly. Now, real quickly to go off off of Super, uh, I mean, regular Dragon Ball, I forget, did you watch and finish Super all the way through? Yes, and you keep, okay. talk, keep talking about Super, I have to hop off for just a second, but keep talking, but yes, I did see Super. Okay. Um, well, no, I was also, so I'm going to ask if you watched Broly 2, which I think we did talk about. Yes, I did. Watching Broly. Okay, got it. I was just trying to catch myself up on that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I think uh, I think Dragon Ball was a, a fantastic, um, for me, manga. I'm eventually going to watch the anime. Um, it's just the manga is easier to digest. I mean, instead of watching a 20-minute you know, episode, I can just flip through the pages really quickly. Um, and I, I think it definitely has a, a very special place in my heart. Um, and in addition to that, I think the pacing was also pretty good when it came down to it. Um, not necessarily in the TV show, but in the manga itself. I keep on bringing up the manga, but the original property, the original Kiri Toriyama, hitting that out, and is, 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 there's nothing like it. So, that that's my general thoughts on the regular Dragon Ball. I don't know if you want to jump into Super well, GT or... Well, maybe we should jump into GT. 
<laughs> Step into the Grand Tour, Grand Tour, Grand Tour. Step into the Grand Tour, Dragon Ball GT. Uh... People shit on that song, but I thought it was badass as a teenager. GT. We've talked a little bit about this before. GT had some good ideas in theory on paper. And honestly, like looking back at like <clears throat> the three arcs of Baby. You had Baby, Super 17, and then the Shadow Dragons, right? The, the Baby concept's a bit of a stretch, but you know what? Okay. You know, we're going back to the saying, well, okay, fine. Like, okay. I can sort of believe it. You know, it's a little nugget from King Kai when he was talking about the saying, you know, home planet. Super 17, okay. I love, I, I'll be honest, I love the way Super 17 looked. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I think he looked yeah. badass. Well, he kept brushing that hair back. <laughs> Yo, you need that man bun. 17 with that man bun would have been good. But really the thing for me was... Um, the thing for me was the Shadow Dragon saga. I think that's what kind of was a bit of a deal... A bit of a deal breaker for me in that sense. And it was really... really? Well, well, hear me out. Uh, again, concept was awesome. I love the idea of the, the Dragon Balls store the negative energy, made sense, but just, like, come on. The first, like, three or four of them were, like, pitiful, you know? Yeah. But, you know, in contrast to you, I think the, the beginning of the Dragon Ball GT was the problem, and the end was a little bit better. And the reason why I would say that is I felt as though they tried too hard to recapture the, the feeling of the original Dragon Ball. Yes. Whereas when they finally said, well, we can't do this, right? We can't go back. The only thing we can do is go forward. I thought it was better that way. Um, I'm not saying, like, the stories were better, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, I think conceptually they had a better handle on what they wanted to be. Yeah, I think, I believe I read somewhere that they said that, you know, it was no secret that the creators wanted to they wanted to go back to what what the original Dragon Ball had as far as, you know, um, as far as, like, you know, Goku being a kid and all that stuff. So that, 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 that part didn't surprise me, you know, as far as that goes. And really, I mean, I don't think it really did much as far as the show, because really, Goku became a Super Saiyan 4 as an adult, so I don't really... It, it, weird. Anyway. Um, but no, the Shadow Dragon Saga was, I think, the thing that, that did it for me, as far as, like, just, like, yuck. Like, Super 17, okay, you got one from hell, one from here. Um, I feel like there was just wasn't enough substance to it, you know? Like, Z had, and this is kind of my problem with Boo, too, because Boo, I'm kind of, eh. Um, you know, when you look at the Saiyan Saga, the Frieza Saga, and the Cell Saga, right? You had one looming threat, in each one of those sagas. Cell, it took a little longer to get there because Cell was kind of a wild card, but each one of them had a looming threat. Vegeta, Nappa, Frieza, and then Cell. And so there were all these, all these things and events happening that led to those. And, <clears throat> you know, you had little weaves in here and, and little side things, but it, but it all... All those things majorly conver converged, or were going in the direction of this is where we're going to fight. Like Goku versus Vegeta, Goku versus Frieza, Goku versus Cell. Even though Gohan was the twist at the end of Cell, but you know you get the idea. Boo was just <laughs> Boo was all over the place, in my opinion. GT. You know that my problem with Boo and not jump on Boo. I don't think the pacing was the problem with Boo. I'm not trying to undercut you. You know what my biggest problem with Boo is? What is 
what you needed to do to beat him. I hate regeneration as a ability that a character can have. Um, like Frieza. That, so wait, that's your biggest problem with the Boo Saga. Well, no, no. Well, it's my biggest, but I don't think it's my only. Right? Okay. okay. Look at it this way. Okay. With someone like Frieza, theoretically, Goku could beat him just by eventually outsmarting him, outwitting him, or just outfighting him, right? Right. If you blow off, if you cut off Vegeta's tail or his arm, he's not going to fucking pop a new one out, pardon the language, but he's not going to have a new one pop out. And what I liked about Cell is when Goku, remember when Goku did that really badass instant transmission to Kamehameha, and he blasted Cell's body off? Yeah, he regenerated, but that took over half of his energy. So in theory, if Goku did that two more times, like Cell would stay dead. The problem with Boo is no matter what you hit with him, unless you completely destroyed everything, i.e. the spirit bomb, the character just wouldn't die. So like, here's my thing. In theory, Majin Buu isn't that really that strong. Like you could see that when Goku and uh, Vegeta were fought, like more Goku, but like when Goku, remember when Goku fought him on I think it was uh, the Kai's home world, and he fought him in Super Saiyan One. And he was just, he, yeah. he was holding his own yeah, against him. I know what you're talking about, yeah. It's just like, the only reason why he couldn't beat him at Super Saiyan 2, or Vegeta couldn't beat him at Super Saiyan 2, is because he had that damn regeneration. And even Super Saiyan 3 wasn't enough. I think so. so I think Cell, so, it was presented better. I mean, yeah, it, it made exactly. sense. It made, <clears throat> it made more sense because, you know, Piccolo Cells and blah, blah, blah. But even, like, even Piccolo said later on, like, as, you know, if my, head, if my head's damaged... Uh, then I'm screwed, you know. And, and yeah. I think I think towards the end, they kind of um, pushed it a little bit with Cell. You know, like Goku, like you said, he blew up half of him, and so in theory he should be dead, but he just sprung up and, and all that. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, you are right. I'm not gonna lie, but I, I think the reason I liked Boo's regeneration a little bit more was because at least they were a little more creative with it. Because Boo is this like walking Kirby ball of like. Play-Doh. You know, I mean, like, and, and honestly, I love the original concept of Boo. The Fat Boo, loved that concept. Oh, you, you like that? Well, because no. it's so different. You know, you have Frieza, who's this, like, evil tyrant, Cell, who's a manipulative genius, and, and then you have a fat, overweight, childlike monstrosity that can literally blow up a planet by snapping his fingers, turns his enemies into chocolate and eats them. Come on, that's great shit right there. Yeah, no, definitely. Hey, fun fact to you, real quick. Do you know? This is hot okay, take. so it's hot take, right? Know how Boo got fat is because he originally absorbed North Kai, I think it was, or Supreme Kai. No, yeah, he, the, he got the, he got fat from. Um, it was Supreme Kai, the one before the current Supreme Kai. He, oh, he, he was, absorbed the fat Kai, right? Yeah, it was one of uh, them. Yeah. So here's a fun fact: in the current story arc, that fat Kai was the only person that could imprison Moro in. Um, and Boo has the ability to actually bring the fat Kai back and have him take over Boo's body. See, that's that's another thing that kind of irked me about the Boo saga was the fact that the the, the whole idea of how Boo's power structure worked was all over the yeah. place. Okay, so let me get this straight. So he absorbs people so he gets stronger. Okay, cool. Awesome. Make the point. Even like the good evil boo and then the boo the, the bad one takes over the good. Cool. Still with me. He absorbs like, you know, Gotenks, Piccolo, Gohan. Cool. Still got me. He loses people and he gets stronger. Now, I'm not great at math. 
<laughs> but I think, I, I'm pretty sure that if you're telling me that addition makes him stronger, how the hell is subtraction making him uh, making him stronger? Yeah, and the thing that was even funnier is Kid Boo was even technically his strongest form, um, even though it's presented as his final form. Um, and I'll go into that in a second. The way I logically put it together is how Boo is created is Fat Boo is, of course, the weakest form. Yep. And the reason why he's the weakest right, is that if you take it, the reason why is he's basically being held back by the good of the Kai. That's, or, okay, yeah, or, that's, what, I, that's okay. what I was trying to wrap my head around, too. Kind of like how Batman has morals. Imagine if Batman didn't have morals, <laughs> how much more effective he would be. <laughs> okay? So you have, that is, that is, that is... <laughs> there's, there's pulling from last week's discussion, right? No, I'm just, I'm, uh, just, I'm just dying because that's like, it's like, you know, good energy weighs him down like Batman's morals. <laughs> So anyways, right, and then the evil gets sprung out of him, and the evil becomes... So it's basically anything good makes him weaker unless that good is inherently stronger than him, like Gotenks uh, or right. Gohan or but, Piccolo. But there's only one tiny little problem with that, and or at least maybe this is just me overthinking it, because pff, why not? Um, so that means that, technically speaking, the Fat Boo has all the good energy of all the Kais that he's absorbed, right? Technically, yes. So then why the hell did he not get weaker when the evil Boo absorbed him? So, why didn't he get weaker when evil Boo absorbed him? Correct. I think it's because evil Boo didn't absorb him. If I remember, didn't evil Boo turn him into candy? No, he absorbed him because that's how that's how Kid Boo became about. Well, because go on, what do you want me to do? It's, it's, <laughs> it's, what do you want me to do? I'm trying to put something together. You know, what's, but the, the busy... Okay. If you want to, if you want a logical reason, right? The reason why is because Akira Toriyama had a gun to his head and he had to keep on making up stuff as he goes. I don't think he, he didn't wrote, want to. I don't it. think he wrote Boo. He did write Boo. I don't think he, he did. Wrote, oh, I'm gonna have to look it up. But the same problem was with Cell. Do you know why Cell existed? Is because the editors didn't want what Akira Toriyama really had in mind for the, the saga. Like, the the final boss was supposed to be Android 19 and 20. And then they said, well, look at these goofy guys. No, you can't do those. Make other androids. And he made Android 18 and 17. And they said, oh, this is pretty good, but we want something better. Get a big, another android. And he made Cell. And then they said, well, this first form of Cell looks cool, but I can't take that as a regular... Like, the editors are like, that can't be the final about boss. And then he made second form Cell. And they're like, now he looks stupid because he has a butt for a mouth. And then he's like, fine, I'll just make a guy with... I'll just make a normal face guy. So he made um, final form you, Cell. You are correct. Uh, Kira did make Boo. I, for some reason, yeah. I thought I heard that he did not. And listen, and Kira Toriyama is a fantastic uh, ideas man and a writer and an artist. But you got to understand, the guy, he, he's very forgetful, and he doesn't always have the best math. When he was writing Super, he forgot Android 18's hair color. Like, remember, uh, what's her name? What's a girl? Oh, God. She's from Dragon Ball. Whenever she would sneeze, she would turn evil. Oh, that was um, Launch. Oh, God. Launch, yeah. The only reason why she doesn't continue through the Saiyan saga is because Kirito Ryama forgot about her. He, like, had her at Tien's place, just chilling there, and then he completely forgot about her. Like, the guy just forgets shit. So, like, I think that's kind of the problem that also went into Brew. But the way that I reason Boo is this, is that when the good is taken out of him, then the evil remains. Unless the good is stronger than him, like with 
you know, Super Boo or Mystic Gohan Boo or whatever, that is when he's stronger. I think technically the strongest form of Boo is when he absorbed Gohan, and that's when they needed Vegito to fight him, right? Yes. Um, but I mean, I, I, I'm just, I'm just trying to get logic out of a, you know, Japanese anime stop. at eleven o'clock at night for me <laughs> when you're stop. half tired. No, this is fun. Um, but no, we was, went, we went too far around though. Weren't we talking about GT at one point? <laughs> well, because we were complaining about like I had problems with GT, and then I started saying like that's kind of why I didn't like Boo, and then we just. Right there. Yeah, this is the rabbit hole. Yeah, yep. Yeah, welcome to the show. Um, maybe that should be the name of the podcast. Welcome to the show. No, oh, the rabbit, rabbit hole. hole. Um, oh, I'm cool with welcome to the show. <laughs> imagine like we searched like so many podcast names. Like, wait, welcome to the show hasn't been what the what? Um, but no, I mean like GT. So the original point I was making though was GT kind of felt like a lot of the problems I had with Boo as far as the like building up to something. Like Boo was the main villain for most of the arc and it was literally just everyone taking a crack at it, and then Boo's like, oh yeah, I have this I, Goku's like, I have this thing that can, can kill him, lol. And then that's it. Um although I did like the what they did with Mr. Satan, I, I will give him that. But mm. GT it felt like it was just the same thing where there wasn't any really consistency other than the Shadow Dragon Saga. And unfortunately, the Shadow Dragon Saga was just a little weak for me because, again, <clears throat> you have, like, full, like the first three dragons were, like, pitifully weak. And you mean to tell me that those three combined with four others are going to make, like, a, a powerful... A, a creature so powerful that you have to combine two Super Saiyan 4s in fusion in order to beat it? Like, you know what I mean? Like, a little... And Goku almost choked on a Dragon Ball, but you know, semantics. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think I'm going to give you my quick quick thoughts on GT when it involves that and just in general. Things I like and things I don't like about it. I might as well tell you things I don't like. I thought it was stupid that they, they time jumped. I don't think that GT should have happened, what was it, 10, 15 years in the future? It should have happened a year after, kind of like Super. And it was even super that they time jumped only to make Goku young again. Like, I thought that was kind of also silly and stupid. The pacing was terrible throughout the beginning of the series. And GT, if they really wanted to go back to their roots, it should have been a show about Gotenks and Trunks and Pam, not Goku. Because it's tough to reason them going on these adventures and having Goku who can go Super Saiyan 3 and then having these characters that can barely break Super Saiyan, right? Mm. I think it would have been nice if they went with a newer cast. You can't because they tried to do that with Gohan and it didn't work. I mean, let's be honest, Goku has to be part of Dragon Ball. It's just, he's the staple of it. I mean, the only so. the only thing I can think of is that they wanted to add Goku to it, so it kind of, and, and making him a kid maybe, like, sort of tipped the scales a little bit as far, but but you're right, like, if he can transform into an adult and then, like, Super Saiyan 3, it, it's just kind of, um, which, by the way, I am not a fan of Super Saiyan 3 concept in general. Um, yeah. Um, I know I'm talking about I that think, a little before. Okay, well, We'll talk about Super Saiyan 3, <laughs> but let me just finish with GT. Yeah. What I did like about GT, though, is I liked the fact that at the end, that Goku and Vegeta were on even terms. I know a lot of people go back and forth that Vegeta is better, Goku's better. I always like the concept that neither of them are better. They are unique in their own way, but at the end of the day, they work together as a team, which kind of came at the end of Super 2, but GT did it better. Right, I remember when Goku was talking to Vegeta about that, when they're talking about how the kids are fantastic and he's so impressed by them. And how Goku's impressed by the man Vegeta became. The fact they had to fuse together. And get this, I think it was Vegeta that wanted to do the fusion. That was a big change from what was beforehand. 
So I thought that was pretty cool. I thought Super Saiyan 4 conceptually, like design-wise, was gorgeous. Yes. And I liked the fact that it tied back to the Zaru, right? So I thought that was pretty cool. And I loved Goku's voice in it. The, he had a little bit more of a menacing voice. Of course, that's more voice actor than concept. I also think Super ended the best way it could. Uh, not Super, uh, GT ended the best way it could. Goku going off into the distance with the dragon. It's not my perfect ending, but I think it's the perfect ending for that yeah, show. Yeah, I think, I think specifically the, the thing I liked about the GT ending was him going around to all his friends. But I think with him with Vegeta, he's like, what are you doing, Kakarai? Like, he like whispers, like, you take care of him now. Yeah. Which, so, I mean, could have been a dick move, but like, they're your problem now. But, you know, going back to Super Saiyan 3, and I don't want to spend, I don't think we need to spend too, too much on this. But my biggest problem with Super Saiyan 3 is how it's presented as the next step as Super Saiyan. One of the best things about the Style Saga that I loved so much was Goku, Vegeta, Gohan, and Trunks in like an arms race almost trying to find the next step in, you know, Dragon Ball uh, in Super Saiyan Evolution, right? So they have all the different grades, grade one, grade two, the jacked grade, that's not really good, like all these different grades, a super Vegeta, Vegeta grade, and eventually the, the full power grade, which Goku made. And all these things eventually led to Super Saiyan 2, which at the time wasn't even called Super Saiyan 2. It was just called Ascended Saiyan. Or Super right? Deeper Saiyan. Yeah, Ascended Saiyan, something past Super Saiyan. And and it had it gave value to the base Super Saiyan form, and then Super Saiyan 2 was just like the perfection of it, right? right? Yep. The perfect balance. Yep. And then Super Saiyan 3 comes in, and it's like, it throws everything out of the water. Why would you ever go Super Saiyan 2 if it if you had Super Saiyan 3? Why would you even go Super Saiyan 1 if you had Super Saiyan 3? And it looks so... It, listen, I think Super Saiyan 3 looks really badass, but it's so much of a detractor from what was originally the Super Saiyan look. Like the no eyebrows and the big forehead and the long hair. That's not Super Saiyan. It's just kind of there. I, I think I would have been more fine with the idea if it was a very difficult form to obtain. Mm -hmm. Like when they when they introduced it with Goku saying like he had to use all the time left he had on Earth in order to get the form. I thought mm -hmm. that was genius because it, mm -hmm. it created a very difficult scenario and situation in order for them to achieve it. When the kids got it, it's like, well, what the f like, well. How did you do it? Well, we watched him. Like, what? Yeah. Like, you know, that that's when he gets a little ridiculous. Like, Goku burning himself out trying to become Super Saiyan 3 at the end of the Kid Buu fight. Okay. Like, a bit of a stretch. But I think just... I think you're right. I think the presentation was what lacking. If, if, if... And plus, Goku, like, literally, like, oh, I have the power to beat Buu now. I'm literally in the form that could beat Buu now. But I don't let the kids take care of it. Like, what the... What, yeah. what, please don't make a habit of that. No promises. I think Super Saiyan 3 was also hurt even more by the introduction of Super with Super Saiyan Blue and Super Saiyan God. If I lived in a perfect world where I had control over everything, <laughs> this is how I would reason Super Saiyan 3 to make it work. I wouldn't call it Super Saiyan 3. I would give it a side to Super Saiyan 2. Like, it is, like, it should just be Super Saiyan, Ascended Super Saiyan, and then a side next to Super uh, Ascended Super Saiyan is what Super Saiyan would be, 3 be. And you can call it anything. Super Saiyan Berserker mode, where you get an extreme amount of power, more than Super Saiyan Ascended, but the balance is, is off. Like, it drains your energy yeah. too quickly, or whatever. And the only reason why it's more of a preference to use that form than it being better. Because then it would make more sense logically with Super Saiyan Blue, 
that you could still use three. Well, I want to use three because I don't want to go into blue because blue takes up too much energy. And yeah, three takes too much energy or berserker mode takes too much energy, but I can at least use that in quick burst and then go back to ascended. Like, I think that's how it should be presented. Not that Goku had another form, but kind of like, a, it's. oh, you know what? It's the best way to describe it. It should have been like the Kaioken, a temporary thing that could only be used yep. like for like five seconds, like a burst mode real quickly, and then it goes back. Agreed. I do agree but, with that. But they never did that, because yeah. we got to keep on putting out forms. Last bit before we wrap up this. Yeah. Team Four Star. Oh, my God. I, I Team Four Star. We, we, have to th- we have to talk about it. So, um, obviously, when, when, when that came out, if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about Dragon Ball Z Abridged, which is a beautifully done parody of the first three sagas of Dragon Ball Z, which is the Saiyan Namekian and the uh, Saiyan Frieza and Cell Saga. And you know, we were talking about like <clears throat> powerful moments at the beginning of all this. I argue they've done some scenes better than the original. I would agree with you on that. Um, not just in terms of like the comedy, the, the writing and the comedy is fantastic because originally it was a lot of like inside random jokes at first. But as it progressed, you could see the evolution of the show and the editing and everything getting so much better. And the thing that I loved about Dragon Ball Z abridged the most was was that it had a combination of inside jokes that if you are a diehard Dragon Ball Z fan, you got them instantly and laughed hysterically. But at the same time, it had jokes for anybody who just stumbled across it. So it wasn't like they were casual jokes that you could like not know what they're talking about but still follow along. I also feel like they did certain. I actually said this to uh, Takahata, who uh, who does the voice of Nappa, Cell, and um, Dende, who actually follows me on social media. Great guy, love him to death. And uh, we we talked. I told him like you guys have like you guys have like more powerful like you know when, when Goku sacrifices himself for Gohan in the Cell Saga, right? That scene mm-hmm. choked me. The way they did that scene choked me up because it was very like just the, the weight of it. The gravity, like the way they presented it, was just wow! Like it was insane. And then, of course, <laughs> and then you get like a next moment right after. Hey, King Kai, I didn't know where I would sell. Where should I put him? Ah, ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's is is a fantastic show. And you know what? It's a funny thing. If you don't have the time for Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball in general, watch a bridge because you get pretty much the same story and you get a nice little comedic twist on it. And the voice that they do are so good. You know what? The funny thing is, is um, who's the one that does Goku? Masa... Masa X. Yes, I follow him on YouTube. Um, he does really good voices for everyone, but I'm not as sold on as Goku, and I don't want that to come as negative because he does really good voices for everything else. Yeah. But the voices just across the board are fantastic. Um, and I, I think... Aren't they... They're going to do the Boo Saga, right? No, they're done. I thought they said they were going to come back they, for they, Boo. They were, but they came out with a very lengthy video explaining that they're they're not they're done. Dragon Ball Z yeah. bridged is over. Well, luckily, I think some of them went into um, voice acting also, right? Didn't they get yes. springboard? Yes, they. Uh, so well, they have their own production company now called Team Four Star, based off of the show, obviously. And yeah. the other thing I was going to mention real fast though was. Um, uh, they also did a good job of like really. <laughs> over exaggerating the character flaws sometimes of the characters like mm-hmm. in it like the thing that i always loved is how they portrayed goku and goku gohan vegeta and 
Trunks and Piccolo, basically the, like the five most powerful. I love the way they, <clears throat> the way they like emphasize them. Like they they emphasize to the fact that Goku's a freaking idiot and he's a horrible yeah. father. And it's like you hear Gohan like snap. It's like, man, Gohan's had a really tough time. Piccolo should really talk to him about. <laughs> and then then Gohan's the book nerd who snaps. And then, uh, you know, Piccolo's the one who is like. The, the dad, like, Gohan gets hit, it's like, Gohan, are you okay? Do you, do you feel cold? Do you need a sweater? Did you get to the school? I don't think so. No! And then uh, Trunks is the one with daddy issues, and then Vegeta's, like, the most egotistical person on the planet. Like, the way they overemphasize those character traits of them is absolutely hilarious, and that's another reason why I love it so much. But no, they, they came out with, I'm not going to spoil it, but they came out with a video saying that, you know, they were getting burnt out trying to do the BoJack movie, and, um... They were afraid that going into doing the Boo Saga that they were going to do the same thing, um, mm-hmm. and so they figured they they leave out episode sixty, which is the last one they did of the end of the Cell Saga. Mwah! Peace to resistance. I wouldn't change a damn thing about it. They did a great job. So yeah, it it sucks, but I'd rather them go out on a high note than you know having to drudge through Boo. Yeah, and you know what? They're they're leaving on their terms, which is important too. Um, before we end this podcast, I think it would be good for us to do a quick lightning round of just, uh, general things that we like about Dragon Ball. So, I hope you're ready. I'll ask the question, you give the answer, and then I'll give you my answer. Are you ready? Let's do this. Okay. Favorite character. Go. Uh, I don't know. I mean, of all time, Trunks, but right now, Vegeta. Okay. Uh, same Vegeta for me. Uh, favorite villain? Cell. So. Mm, close for me, but I'm going to have to go with Freezer. It's it's tough. Okay. Uh, favorite underrated character? Favorite underrated character? Yep. Krillin. Krillin? Okay. Bulma for me. Um, favorite technique that is used by a character? This includes... Uh, well, yeah, just techniques. This does not include transformations. I would have to go with... There's something about the final flash. Mm. Yeah, um, Kyle Ken for me. I love the idea of uh, just randomly powering yourself yeah, up. Yeah, they did drop uh, it. Hey, King Kai, did I learn to teach myself the Kyle Ken? My freaking name is in it. <laughs> uh, favorite transformation? I gotta go with the original Super Saiyan. Ditto. Same here. Yeah. Uh, favorite saga? Yeah, it's 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 got to be Cell or the Android, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same here. Uh, so, uh, of the shows, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, Dragon Ball Super, favorite show? Oh, Z, by a mile. Okay, same here. Favorite movie of all the movies? Ooh. Damn. I'd have to go with that new Broly movie, though. Um, oh, yes. Um... Yeah, that's that's gonna be it. That's the new Broly one they came out with. I agree. I think they did a good job at paying homage to the past as well as, you know, redefining what was one of my favorite movies, the original Broly. Um, I think the new Broly movie was fantastic. And let's end things off on a good note. Favorite joke from Team Four Star. Oh man, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Damn. Uh, let's go with um, Sense of Being. I'm going to cheat and I'm going to do two. Uh, both involving Vegeta. First one is, what are you doing? What am I doing? Thwarting my place? Thwarting my place? Are you thwarting my place? Yes. I'm going to kill you! And the second is, 
What is that? Is that me? Is that me stronger than me? I'm gonna kill me! Oh yeah, you, 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 you're getting too strong. Explain now. Explain now. What's a kami? He's a kami. What the what the hell is a kami? It's God. Basically God, God right here. <laughs> I can actually do the Krillin voice pretty decently from Team Four Star, but um, you, you do a lot of the voices really decently from Team Four Star. That's what happens when you just listen to the show constantly and just mimic whatever you can. Yeah. Definitely. I'm sorry, I just want to take the minute to just acknowledge the fact that I killed so <laughs> Perfect. So uh yeah. Perfect. I think that was uh I think that was a good way to end the session of the podcast, right? Excellent day for me as well. Well thank you everyone for uh checking things out. Enjoying the constant Dragon Ball talk. Let us know some of your favorite characters, moments from the show, uh, you know, things of that nature. Do you guys watch Team Four Star? Uh all that fun stuff. Love to hear your thoughts on everything. Make sure you hit us up on all the social media, download the latest episode, make sure you guys go back and check out the um I think we were called the Batman Triggered episode for our debut because you see I, I might have Probably. I, I, I might have I might have I might have made some some comments. But anyway, and let us know suggestions for future episodes. We'll see you guys next time for another episode of the World of Fandom Podcast. Take care, and as always, everyone, take it easy. Peace out.